Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and today I'm joined by a good friend, Aaron Armstrong, and I have become buddies over the last several years of working together. Aaron is the brand manager for the Gospel Project, which is one of the outstanding resources that Lifeway uh, creates and that the Lifeway Kids team uh, has a deep affection for. And so we get to partner together on a lot of great things, uh, both in work, but we also just enjoy when we get a chance to connect over coffee or lunch or something and have a conversation. So first of all, Aaron, welcome. It's good to have you back on the podcast. Great to be back, Chuck. I have, uh, I gotta say, I have missed being, being in your presence in the podcast space. <laughs> well, you know, my presence is a present to you. That's true. I mean, it usually is for me. Alliterative it's, and a dad joke all rolled into one. That's right. That's right. Well, what would it be if it wasn't wasn't two <laughs> two middle aged dads talking <laughs> talking together? <laughs> now, something that we that I enjoy, you know, kind of poking you just a little in a very loving, friendly, brotherly way about is the fact that you are Canadian. That's true, eh? And I, I don't know if if the the vast majority of our listeners know that about you. So those who are users of the Gospel Project for kids in particular will probably be familiar with Aaron's name and face and voice because you host the Hero of the Story podcast for the Gospel Project and some other things. So you are no stranger to podcasting, but there's a little bit of your you know your personal life that people just may not know your backstory. So. What is it like to be a Canadian living in the southeast in Nashville, Tennessee? Oh, I was promised that there would be no difficult questions on this uh, <laughs> on this interview. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's been really interesting to to be honest. Um, we we actually just recently moved into um, into another community here in in Tennessee that uh, we've referred to it as Real South. So because we where we moved originally, it was like basically south with training wheels. So it was very Nashville different. Nashville is very much a melting pot. We yeah, have many, yeah. many people here who are not from here. Exactly. I am not from this region originally. And so it's easy to be an outsider. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And so but there were still there was a lot that we had to get used to because um, there's just a Christian wallpaper in yes. the language and in the, the whole context. Um, you know, it's not uncommon to see people, you know, like you'll, you're, you'll see and hear a lot of God talk, mm -hmm. um, in the public, but people reading their mean? Bibles openly in coffee shops and yeah, like exactly. That. Like yeah. they'll do, they'll do that. They'll, um, you sometimes hear some very interesting conversations about, about things uh, related to the Bible in the, when you're, uh, unintentionally eavesdropping. But, um, <laughs> but so there was a, there's a little bit of that, that you had to get, we had to get used to a different kind of passive aggressiveness as well. Cause Canadians um, kind of have a reputation for being very friendly, at least on the surface well, or, or, or polite yeah. or whatever that word yeah. is. Yeah. Our reputation is, is that we're very polite, but we're actually very passive aggressive. I so, see. um, so, so that's, that's actually how it, uh, how it manifests to other people. Um, so, but we do say sorry a lot. Um, <laughs> and I'm putting on <laughs> the, the accent sorry a little a bit there yes. for you guys. But you do um, love maple syrup. I absolutely adore it. And the most famous, <laughs> the most famous heist in Canada involved a truckload of maple syrup. I had no idea. It's liquid gold. That's right. Absolutely. Um, you know, a breakfast, bre big breakfast is uh, is a big deal in Canada. Well, so. Do you put maple syrup on grits? 
That's the ultimate question. I don't like grits. Well, you, no one does. That's that's <laughs> one of the secrets. I learned that when I moved here many years before you. Mm-hmm. That nobody actually likes grits. You then why to, do people eat it? Listen, here's why. I learned this from my very dear friend, Bill Emiot. Okay. Lots of cheese. The grits is a vehicle for other stuff. Bill Emiot makes the most incredible cheese grits that you have ever tasted. Like to die for cheese grits. Then so why it's not, not about the grits themselves. Well, you can't just eat a bowl of cheese. You have well, to I, mix them with something. I think that's a challenge, Chuck. So I think you should work on Canadian grits. That could be okay. your thing. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? Man. Well, Aaron, <laughs> thank you for meeting with us today. To anytime, anytime. You never Listeners, know what we're, we're sorry. Talking about. But we do have a topic. We actually do have a literal topic that we want to discuss, and that's this. So. As we record this, it's the end of May, um, and all of a sudden, school is out. My son had his last day of school yesterday, mm-hmm. and your kids are probably wrapping up school or already have. Yeah, they finished last week, and uh, and so they're in their in-between week of, of summer vacation and starting some summer programs. So, yeah, all of a sudden, it's instantly summer. And it came from nowhere. And I don't, I mean, I kind of knew it was coming, you know, but it's one of those things that sneaks up on you. And so all Mm -hmm. of a sudden summer's here. Now, a lot of our listeners have been anticipating summer. And so they're thinking about camp and VBS and summer programming and what they're going to do. But the arrival of summer for me signifies something, although summer is a wonderful, incredible time for ministry. But what it flags to me is we only have three months until fall. Fall is coming. It's like an Easter, you know, when it's Good Friday and you're like, but Sunday's coming. Yep. Man, summer is here and our tendency might be to take a breath, to enjoy the bouncy houses and the pool slides and to want to chillax a little bit. You know, we've got VBS looming and that's a big deal. VBS is back this summer, but fall is out there. And if we don't get our eyes on fall right now, we can't afford to let it sneak up on us, can we? No, definitely not. And and that's actually been something that that I've I've heard from a lot of churches I have seen in my own church is really that that we're all coming into the summer and not with kind of the uh the traditional little bit of anticipation of okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to mm-hmm. we're going to l- have a little bit of a lower key um, programming aspect. I mean, the last 15 months blew all that up anyway, but that's actually fed into where people are at right now because everyone is basically thinking reset. So what do I, so what does church look like for us going into the fall? Um, and that's actually really exciting for a lot of churches because what it means is, is that, um, they're, um, and, and again, we're seeing this in my own church, um, is, Okay, what are we supposed to what is God calling us to do in our community now in light of where we've been? Yes. What's worked that we need to hold on to? What what worked for a season but doesn't work now? What um you know, what things can we bring back that we had to take away um for a period of time? Things like this. So um, you know, my my church, for example, we just recently restarted our kids ministry in terms of in-person, in-classroom yes. teaching. Uh, back in October, we were doing um, a li- more limited engagement type of thing that was within the same room where we met, uh, where we meet for 
our our worship gatherings. Yeah. Um, and so that was that Large was a bit of a stopgap. Yeah, yeah, basically, lots was, of space. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was it was fine. Um, you know, it gave us a, an opportunity to minister to the kids who showed up. Yes. Um, but I think a lot of, particularly for those of us who serve in kids ministry and this coming weekend, um, I'm actually super psyched because I get to teach my class again nice. for the, for the nice. first time in class, in person since February of 2020. Yeah. So well, I it's think that's the exciting. case for, that's the case for a lot of us. That's a very common scenario. We've had this long period of time where we, we have either been shut down or scaled back mm-hmm. where things have not been normal. And from a distance, you know, right from the onset of the whole pandemic and when we all had to, to pull away from church and things were shut down for a long, long time. And I know it's different all over the country. You know, we are in Nashville. And so we we have um, opened up here in the southeast maybe a little sooner than some of our, our friends on the west coast or in the northeast. However... We're all coming to this point now where we're, we're, we're ready. And from the get-go, from the get-go, we were saying, we just want to get back to normal. When will it get back to normal? And there's that sense of restarting. You use that word. We restarted our ministry. Yeah. But more than restarting, we're all going to restart at some yes. point in time. If you haven't already, you will by fall, most likely. But there's more than just restarting. We're just picking up where we left off. There's an opportunity for resetting. Yes. And that has a whole different connotation. And that's the challenge really that, that we want to communicate to our listeners today is I would say, guys, if you're merely starting up again exactly what you were doing when you shut things down, you've missed an opportunity. And so I think, Aaron, this is a time when we need to reassess and reevaluate and uh, re uh, you know, re-engage in new ways, mm-hmm. in new ways, the emphasis on the word new. Uh, some of what we've done before is still valid and should continue, but this is a time to, to reevaluate everything. Mm-hmm. You may have lost members from your team who have, uh, who are maybe high risk or have lost interest and you need to re-engage with some new volunteers. Man, summer is a great time if you are running a VBS to onboard some new volunteers or to try out some people, you know, just being uh, low commitment helpers for your VBS program that you might then onboard for fall. Mm-hmm. So what, what are some other ways that we might this summer re-engage, re-evaluate, re-enlist, what, whatever yeah. other reword you want to throw out there? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I want to go back to that volunteer re-engagement for a second uh, before before we go into a couple of the other ones, because um, because one of the things that I think is really important is for us to re uh, is to reset, re-explore our philosophy of how we find and 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 uh, determine who is a volunteer for our ministry. So very often um, and the the greatest temptation the greatest risk in kids ministry is the one that we're all most prone to um which is basically uh what i affectionately call the mirror test so if they if you can hold a mirror up underneath their nose and you see and you see signs of breathing they profess to love jesus they're in um you know or volunteering so uh, declaring that, that saying, Hey parents, if you have kids in this ministry, then you're serving in this ministry. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there are different convictions on this. My personal conviction is that, um, I would, and I encourage this of children's children's leaders, 
leaders all the time is to please not do that. Look for people who love, who, who feel called to actually serve kids, to make yes. disciples of children. That's the number one thing that you can do to reset your ministry in a, for a fresh start that is going to ultimately lead to profound fruit. So, because and that is a wise, wise word. That's a wise word. Um, that just having that warm body is absolutely not the approach we should be taking. We need to, as kids leaders across the board, mm-hmm. raise the bar and set a higher expectation for for those who serve in our ministries. And I always go back to the uh, Exodus 18 story of Moses. Jethro comes to visit him in the wilderness, and all the people come out and sit down. And, uh, and then Jethro gives advice to Moses and he said, look, you need to select for yourself from among the people. Mm-hmm. And he describes a certain type of people that are trustworthy and teachable and of good reputation and put them in charge over different groups and delegate them so you can elevate. But that first, the whole idea of being selective about who we yes. partner with, who we, uh, who we have influence our kids um, I mean, James 3, 1 says, you know, suffer not many to teach because as such will incur stricter judgment. We can't just put warm bodies in the room based on their the fact that they're breathing and available. Yes. We need to consider our all of our leaders as ministers and as, yes. uh, as important influencers in kids' lives. Yeah. I have actually, Aaron, I worked recently on a, a new seminar um, that is good, better, and best recruitment strategies and practices. And so one of the things that I that I included in that is a dozen do nots, kind of like a dozen <laughs> donuts. They have those in Canada, I think. Yes, right? Tom, we do. Tim Horton. Yeah. I mean, if you want resignation and disappointment for donuts, yeah, Tim Hortons is the <laughs> place to go. That's a very Canadian thing. So, so I've got a dozen do nots for recruiting. That will have to be another episode of the podcast that will follow soon. But mm-hmm. yeah, some of it is exactly what you just said. We really need to have a high standard for who yeah. you choose to volunteer. But yeah. also, we need to invest in those people. It's not enough yes. just to recruit even good people and hand them a sheet of paper and walk away. Yeah, This is the time when we should be finding those people, recruiting those people, and training up those people. Yeah, and and that's actually something that um, I love about what we do at Lifeway is, is we, we provide all kinds of materials and resources and um, – opportunities to train your leaders. So for example, and, and some of those are digital. Some of them are, are like, so for individual use, some of those are for, um, you know, your collective in context ministry. And some of those are much broader where like things like the etch conference that, yeah. that, uh, Lifeway kids and students runs every year. That's coming up in October. Etchconference.com. Um, more and, information yeah. at etchconference.com. That's right. How do you like that plug there, Chuck? <laughs> thank you. Uh, that was well, well played. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But um, one of the things that we're doing with Gospel Project, for example, is um, we're actually putting together a, a new set of, of resources that uh, long-term is going to live at gospelproject.com slash launch. This is our get st- mm. our guide to getting started with the yeah. Gospel Project. So uh, there's going to be a lot of videos that you can you can share and discuss in your within your ministry, um, looking at the philosophy of of wh- why we read the Bible the way that we do. Um, what is the heart of discipleship that that drives what it is that we're doing? So um, 
folks who are you who are looking at Gospel Project will notice that as we move into the fall with our new with our new scope and sequence, um, it's not just a scope and sequence change. The structure and the structure of it is is being modeled around this concept of uh, of love learn learn love and live and so yes. this idea that as you learn about about God and the gospel it changes it changes how you feel about God it changes and the your gospel. heart exactly yes. heart change, and then that, not, not brain change yeah. exactly and then it changes how you live you yes. need all three of those things to happen and they do happen in sequence um, yeah. And so that's what we're, that's what we're our outcome. And that really is that heart of discipleship that I was talking about. So, um, so, and then we've got some, then we'll have some more super practical, a little more open-handed how to type of material as well, because it's important that we remember context, yeah. uh, context is queen <laughs> next to content. Um, <laughs> and your context is different than uh, is different than what any of us can envision right. from, yeah. um, you know, our virtual offices, um, in and around the Nashville area. So, um, so we've just got that reality, but, um, when it, going back to resetting, um, so it's not just your volunteers, it's not just equipping and equipping them for the long haul. Mm -hmm. It's also, um, it's also thinking about, um, it does come back to the to to the content and the outcomes that you are trying to solve or yeah. you're trying to meet. So, for so, example, yeah, go um, ahead. Yeah. So, for example, um, are you like it, you need to ask yourself, what is what is the purpose of kids ministry at my yes. church? What am I trying to do here for these kids? Now, most of us will say undoubtedly. Most of us will say, well, we want people, we want people to, to know about God and have a good and, and have a, a fun and safe experience. Those are good. That's yes. a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, so what you, so that take, but take it to a next level. Does what we are currently doing accomplish that goal or how does what we're currently doing accomplish that goal? And you may find that what you're doing meets parts of it, but not all. And so, and let's just be honest, a lot of us unintentionally err on the side of let's, let's emphasize the, let's emphasize fun at the expense of knowing, helping kids know Jesus. And it's not out of a lack of desire from wanting kids to know Jesus. It's just... Um, we get more caught up in in that side of things a little easier. Well, um, and this is, you know, you mentioned content and the importance of what we teach. And I would say what we teach is is extremely important. Uh, how we teach and how we communicate and where we meet, those things can be secondary. But really what we teach really does matter. Uh, now, kids, also, it needs to be done in the context of relationship. Yes. And so uh, it, we can't just have uh, information. We have to have that information presented in the context of relationship. Discipleship is always presumes relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we really need to come alongside kids and family. So before I move on to the next section of our mm -hmm. talk here, I want to, to clarify for the listeners right now, right now, May, entering into June, this is the time to figure out what you want to teach in September. 
in October and November. As you talked about restarting, relaunching, resetting your ministry, this is the time right now, not in August, right now to look at curriculum resources, to reevaluate where you are. And because we are in a reset situation where, where the plan that we had a year and a half ago was blown up and crumpled up and we've held it together, now is the time to get back to a regular teaching plan and a regular study plan and a long-term vision. The way that I like to think about it, and it's not that I like to, but it's just a way that I <laughs> view the situation is we have all become very short-sighted in our yes. ministries. We are dealing with urgencies of the moment. We're dealing with situations where we don't know if we're going to meet next week or next month or if we're going to go to camp or if we're going to do VBS. And so we we have we make our commitments later mm-hmm. and uh, and therefore they are not as well planned out as they could and should be, or as we would all prefer. We are in a place right now, as we sit here at the very beginning of summer, where we can put our eyes on fall. Let's look at three months down the road and let's decide now what we want to do then. So volunteers, absolutely. Um, Content, what you're teaching, we need to reevaluate. And it's very cool that the Gospel Project in particular is resetting its scope and sequence, starting Mm -hmm. the study back at Genesis. There could not be a better time to start up that resource. Yeah. So you can find information, gospelproject.com. Yep. Yeah. So if let's you go, go to gospelproject.com, you'll get lots of information there. You can actually download a full unit, the first unit. So, and for kids, for, for kids leaders, this is important. It has everything that's in there. So All it the has, media. it has your Bible story videos. It's got song samples. Yes. They're only samples, but they're song samples. Um, we have the question, the new question from kids videos, which has a new host. Our Bible awesome. story videos yep. have new hosts and new styles. Um, the content is all new and all different. The artwork is all new. New expanded um, preschool studies. Yes. That's actually something I'm super excited about is, um, you know, with resetting, we reset the gospel project and said, okay, where can we serve the church better? Mm-hmm. And the number one place we said is, is preschool. Because preschool is so diverse in terms of its age group. We had and we were trying to meet basically this group of, you know, two and a half, like older twos to five year olds, all with one set of material. Well, that doesn't work (laughs) because the developmental needs are are radically different in a two and three year old versus a four and five year old. And so, and, and often between a four year old and a five year old on top of that. So, um, so while we can't go quite as, um, uh, because one of our value, one of our, our ideals for curriculum is that it should be easy for you to use. Um, we can't quite, we, we, we are not prepared to go down to basically Here's the gospel project for two-year-olds, for three-year-olds, for four-year-olds, right, right, right. for five-year-olds, But we now have younger preschool and older preschool. Exactly. Which that, gives so, an opportunity to uh, to be more age-appropriate for each of those sectors yes. of kids. So, yeah. so now for, your, for the youngest areas of your ministry, you've got babies and toddlers, which takes you from zero to 24 months. You've got younger preschool, which kind of takes you from that, um, you know, two or three, depending on where you where – you, Pull kids out. And we leave that up to you. You can decide how you divide younger and older. Exactly. We don't don't prescribe that. No, it's just basic. Like if you're wondering, this is how to think about it is 
think this age group ish for these and then four to five ish for older preschool. So great, um, great, great. Well, and then another thing and the last thing we'll talk about today uh, in in preparing to restart, reset for summer is to reconnect with kids and families. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of us have lost contact contact with many of our kids and with their families. And summer is a great time. Don't wait until August or September and send out a postcard and be like, hey, we're back at church next week. Re-engage throughout the summer relationally with the kids and families in your church. So things like VBS is a great opportunity, again, to try out new leaders and see how they work with you. But it's also a great time to invite families to come back for something that's a highlight of a summer for so many with a big event, uh, whether that big event is 20 kids or 2,000 kids, that's up for you to decide. But but for the, the bigness of VBS is not in the quantity of people in the room. It's in the depth of experience uh, that we bring to that mountaintop moment of Vacation Bible School, summer mm-hmm. camp, summer day camps at your church, summer picnics or movie nights or whatever you decide to do. Summer is this right now is such a key time for us to re-engage in relationship with those kids. And it's a great time to invite them to bring their friends who all are going to be looking for connection. Oh, very much so. Very much so. If, um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I could say anything, anything better than what you what you said there chuck um aside from amen so amen. i'm just gonna do that well <laughs> it's you know there's content there's location there's volunteers and help there's there's but it all comes down to relationship yeah and at the end of the day you know we know that what we teach is extremely important and we need to be faithful to teach trustworthy content mm-hmm. but we also know that many of the kids will not remember most of our words they will remember the way that we love them the way that we connected with them Uh, and then they'll hear those words. And I, I love that new construct that you talked about that that's being used for the gospel project that learn, love, live, and what a great strategy that, that would be a great strategy for any kid's ministry to say, we want our kids to do these things, learn God's word, love God's word, live God's word. What an amazing calling for us as we, or a a great uh, goal for us to aspire to as we look towards next fall, this summer. Definitely. Definitely. Aaron Armstrong, thank you so much. It's great to talk with you. It always is fun and engaging. So thank you for being here. Go work on those maple syrup grits. Let me know when you have some samples. All right. I'll have you come over and you can uh, and you can test it out. It's all about the mix-ins. I'm going to work on some good old uh, pepperoni uh, grits, and we'll see how that works. We'll get a little pizza grits going. I'm not sure if anybody does that, but but maybe they should. That's a bold choice. It's a bold choice. Be bold, everybody. Listeners, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. 